Shoney. This is a podcast. That's horrible. <laughs> but I'm well, you shouldn't have said shorty before I said this is a podcast, Jacob. Why would you try and ruin things like that? I'm just trying to make us cool. Yeah. Well, this is going to be an interesting podcast. This I'm looking forward to it. could be a first. Where you generate all of the content and I generate none of it? Yes. That could be a first. So I'm going to look for you to interrupt my stories with your... I'm good at interrupting. ...funny, air quote, comments. <laughs> Our roles are now reversed. Oh, I see. Is that what you've been doing? I feel like it. Isn't that what I bring to the table? <laughs> other than, you know, the computer... Being the sound engineer? and Other <laughs> than being the Joe Mead of the podcast? Other than GarageBand uh, on the computer. The bills. I'm not going to get too excited about them. <laughs> Yeah. That was my Joe Mead impression. That was a good Joe Mead impression. <laughs> Not a good Joe Mead impression. Totally good Joe Mead impression. Joe Mead sounds like, uh, I don't know who I was going to say. A uh, suicidal person? Yeah, someone like totally, like a really downer Abed from Community mm. or something. But see, the the thing is that the Bills are doing, Bills are his team, and he's always uh-huh. really depressed about him. But this year they're doing well, and he's like trying not to jinx it, and so he's like, um, my, I'm in, tempering my enthusiasm. I know they'll probably still lose three games in a row. Yeah, like he's Debbie Downer. That's why it was such a phenomenal Joe Mead impression I did. I all the girls were like, "Who the hell is Joe Mead?" I don't yeah. understand. What? No, <laughs> girls love sports guy. Totally. I have not been listening because they've all been the you know pick this week's mm-hmm. football with. Uh, he Sal. did one with Adam Carolla this week. I listened to it today. It was good. Uh, a lot of hate on the Dodger dog, by the way, from Adam Carolla. Yeah, which is weird because. <laughs> I think I had also, maybe today also, was listening to an Adam Carolla from last week where he was going off about the Dodger dog. And how good it was. No, what a liar. No. Oh, okay. It was the same, I think the news, they read the story about the Dodgers being up for sale in the mm, news, and yeah. that was his thing. Yeah. I've had a Dodger dog. I don't, I didn't hate it. Yeah. It, it was not like, well, this is the best dog ever. I think Simmons' point was a good one. I think Because obviously ballpark, the best dog ever is Mookie. Right. I think any ballpark hot dog, you get points because you're in a ballpark. Yeah. Like, if someone came to your house and handed you that, you would be like, uh, no. The best thing you can get at a ballpark is? Laid. Okay. Depends on what ballpark. Yeah. The ballpark's the gay bar. The best best food item you can purchase and eat at a ballpark is? I'd say hot dog. Okay. What would you say? Uh, I really liked in San Diego the garlic fries there. I thought I, I was a yeah. fan of the garlic fries. You know what though? I, yeah, if you're with someone, a girl perhaps who wants the garlic fries, you can be like, "Oh God, you're supposed to get a hot dog," but then you're gonna be like eating. You know, like I'll I'll eat them off of Rachel's plate. They I'll eat good. a whole thing of garlic fries myself. I love them. They're good, but I would never sacrifice. I would never get them in lieu of a hot dog. Okay, you it's share like them it's like at Costco with the hot dog. See, I think you just love hot dogs more than I. Do. I don't love hot dogs. What does though. that mean? I just, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Uh, I, I, I would never buy hot dogs in my home or make a hot dog. But at Costco and at baseball games, I love a hot dog. Hmm. I don't know why. Okay. Usually at home, I just make roast beef sandwiches and fish tacos. <laughs> so what does that mean? That you love Arby's and Rubio's. Done and done. Okay. I've written my topics on these pieces of paper because... How many pieces of paper are there? Five. Wow, hundred topics. Because um, they don't. I didn't know how to flow them together, so I'm just going to pick them at random. So this is you're not letting me pick them at random. No. Well, the notes 
maybe would give away the discussion point. Oh. But this is the one I, I did ask you to prepare for. Mm. My first, I don't know what you're talking My about. first topic is clothes versus no clothes. Um, I'm going to go, go shirts versus skins, you mean, <laughs> in other words? Kind of. Okay. Here's the story. We were watching Bridesmaids recently. And what did you think of it? I thought it was very funny. Okay. I enjoyed it. Because I've heard, oh, you would so like it. You should watch it. Even guys like it. And I'm like, well, I haven't heard any guys tell me that they liked it. No, so. it's good. Okay. And it, yeah, it's not like, I wouldn't say even guys would like it. Because it's not like a girl movie. You know, it's not like when people talk about um, Pixar movies. Like, oh, even parents like it because there's things there. It's not like, No. It's not like a girl movie that guys can tolerate. It's just a it's just a comedy where the leads are all women. Okay. It's not like they're joking about like periods and drinking white wine. It's not like Sex in the City, but guys would like it. You okay. Know? It, it's, it's, okay. It's a it's a hangover esque okay. comedy. Anyways, there's a I guess it's a cameo. I'm very sexist, so it's hard for me you to. Uh... You're looking very sexist today. Thank you. Uh, there's a cameo, I guess, by John Hamm, mm. who Rachel loves. And he plays um, the boyfriend of Kristen Wiig. And so the first scene, I think it's the first scene of the movie, is them in bed. And, you know, having relations in bed. So they're laying there afterwards, and obviously John Hamm's got a shirt off or whatever. And Rachel's like, he doesn't look very good with his shirt off. He's very pale, and I think he's... Pretty hairy, isn't he? Squatchy hairy or something. Yeah, and she's like, he looks good, because Rachel has a big John Hamm crush. Right. He looks good on Mad Men, she, she says. Ham. She loves the ham. <laughs> he looks good on Mad Men. He wears the suits really right. well. He looks good in clothes, but he doesn't look good with his clothes off. Okay. And so we were talking about that, and she's like, well, I was like, well, you know, we're, so we're debating. She's like, now Marky Mark, Marky Mark looks good with his shirt off, but when he wears clothes, it's like, eh, it's just a guy. Like, it's nothing special. You know, like John Hamm wears a suit better than you or I would, I but Marky Mark doesn't wear a you know plaid shirt or whatever Marky Mark wears. Better I, know. Than I bet if us. Marky Mark wore a suit, though, she would be as happy with that. Yeah, eh, maybe. maybe not. So I was trying to think of the girl equivalents of this. Okay. Who is a well, girl? Here's the thing. Here's here's part of the deal. Why? Okay. Men, and part of this maybe because we're men. The male form is not as attractive. The male, like nude male form, Correct. not as attractive as the female form. Like Correct. our genitals—they're not pretty to look at. No, mine are a monster. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like a, three monsters. But like a lovable Muppets-like monster. <laughs> um, it's like Gonzo's down there. So, <laughs> so I was trying to All purple and <laughs> bent. I was trying to think about—is there a, a woman celebrity who I would think looks better with her clothes on? Then off. And so one of the things that came to mind was I remember when Out of Sight came out and they had the poster with Jennifer Lopez and she had this mm-hmm. tight skirt and she's holding a gun or whatever, you know, and like okay. she looked good, like it was good clothes, you know, wise. Okay. But I still wanted to see her in a swimsuit or I still wanted to see her naked or thinking of like. Well, see, here's the thing. I think there's you know, a different but difference between like swimsuit and underwear and naked. All right. Well. So, like, what's where? I, I'm not sure where your delineation is. It's not much is. of a difference. Well, I I would disagree. I'm not talking like modest one piece tankini. You know. <laughs> well, are you? Oh, so, so are you talking about the difference between, let's say, clothed, totally clothed, and underwear? Or... Yeah, let's say that then. Okay, because that's different than I was thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't mean like. Yeah, I don't mean. I don't know if there are in that naked. case. Then. Yeah, like I couldn't think of any unless it's someone with. <sighs> what I say here. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking celebrities, not people we know. No, that's true. Um, unless it's someone with like a little more a little more weight than you would normally like, but the truth is like there's Mindy Cone? There's true the tr- well, no, not like that, but 
The truth is, there's maybe there's not that many celebrities that are like that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. You know, right. um, I was thinking. Did you see the last Modern Family? No, not yet. Okay. Well, um, Jennifer Tilly is in it. Okay. I don't know how you feel about Jennifer Tilly, but she's not horrid to look at. Eh. But I think she would be more horrid if she was. Yeah. Well, yeah. She doesn't yeah. have a good. Bathing suit, yeah, body or something, yeah, well, yeah. But and I was even wondering about Sofia Vergara. Oh, no, is that ridiculous to say that? <laughs> Please, okay. <laughs> shut your mouth. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, about Sofia Vergara. I, I wouldn't. I also wouldn't look at Jennifer Tilly and be like, "Oh, she really looks good in that dress." Like she'd be like, "Eh, she's a she's a six. She's a five or six, maybe." Okay. You know, I feel like she, you know. I'd what if rather it's someone. See her, what if it's someone that's know. like too? What if it's like? Uh, Someone that's too thin, like a Natalie Portman. Interesting. Is she too thin? Well, maybe not anymore. She's just a baby, right? But that could be. I mean, because yeah, she always looks a little good too, wearing you know? clothes. But would she look good? In a swimsuit? I, don't I don't know. I think my proclivities in that department have changed over time. She's got to be pretty pale. Yeah, it's not going to be helping. Yeah, that could be as close to an answer as as we're going to get. I racked my brain okay. in Entertainment Weekly, and I could not think of any <laughs> female celebrity that I said looks good in clothes that I would not want to see in a swimsuit. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think so. I think it's different if you're talking about like swimsuit, scantily clad versus all the way. I don't know. Well, it's not that different for the women, right? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of... I mean, your point about the junk, I think... Like, I think if you asked Rachel, would you rather see Marky Mark in, you know, boxers or naked, she'd probably say in the boxers. Yeah, probably. I don't know. She's kind of a dirty bird. She is. Obviously, she goes all the way. (laughs) Because she's pregnant. Oh. Oh, well. I hope she's still pregnant. Newsflash! I haven't talked to her for a few hours, so I hope she's still pregnant. Oh, boy. Anyways. Does that satisfactorily answer your question? Portman might be as close as we're ever going to get. I kept thinking of, like, Eva Longoria. I'm like, no, I'd want to see her, you know, like... There was no one I could think of. Maybe Judy Dench. (laughs) Bite your tongue. That's more like... (laughs) Yeah. What do you think about the new James Bond title? It doesn't seem to really fit, right? Skyfall? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But the last one was pretty weird sounding, too, wasn't it? But the last one was... Quantum of Solace? That was a name of a, like, short story written by the guy. Skyfall sounds like Terminator 2... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the ones that were not based on books or titled after books were like Tomorrow Never Dies or The World Is Not Enough or Die Another Day. They had those almost parody like... uh, What was the first Brosnan one? Goldeneye? Goldeneye. Was that? That was not a book, but Goldeneye was like the name of the author's estate in Jamaica or something. Bond fan nerd alert. Weird. Yeah, I mean, but it had like a connection. Welcome to my home. Goldeneye. Yeah. Okay. I wish my home was named something. Other than where the pedophile lives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. Well, sorry. So Rachel did the crime, now she's got to do the crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, the title's eh, but, you know, it's not like I'm not going to see it because the title was eh. And I think there's been so many parodies, too. If they named it, like, Bullets Are For Dodging, people would be like, oh, God, you know, it just sounds cheesy. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know, Skyfall makes me think of, like, that... Uh, 
like when I think of a movie poster with Skyfall, I think of that like Battle for Los Angeles, like with some alien uh, yeah. spaceship shooting. I think it sounds so much like Sky Mall. It makes me want a chocolate fountain and a ramp for my dog to get in the back of the car. That's funny. All right, over to the next piece of paper. Oh, so this is kind of a person to hate. Some of these are going to be people to hate. I think. Uh, I think I already talked about the OBGYN nurse, Mm -hmm. nursing staff. Well, about them having to like do it separately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked about that where they take the girl in first and they ask her, you know, are you getting roughed up at home? And then they'll come out and get you. I've I've made my peace with that. This time, we went last week for Rachel's, uh, like, 36-week pregnancy checkup. And pregnancy is supposed to be 40 weeks. So, I mean, you know, 36 yeah. out of 40 weeks, you're there. So she's, the nurse you're is, You're eight-ninths like of the way there. Right. right. The, the nurse is, like, checking her in, and they have some script. And it, this is the nurse in the Women's Health Center. It's not, like, general nurse seeing broken legs and, you know, knocked okay. up people. But she goes through this script. And so this is, I like, hate people that are, like, so focused... On their script, they can't deviate, deviate. From it? and not just that they're robots, but it's it's the same type of people who don't understand the spirit of the law. They just look at the letter, you know, that moops, Stop. moops. So Rachel's checking in. the The nurse, no, you know, she can see. I'm sure she's there for a pregnancy checkup. She can see Rachel. You know, you can't hide it. And the woman, I like goes, how you point to her boobs. That's no, that was supposed to be her belly, but oh, okay. but it would be below the desk if uh, I did the belly. Gotcha. You think I was just rubbing myself? Which I am. <laughs> Rachel's checking in for her 36-week appointment. And the lady asks her, uh, is your visit today the result of a workplace injury? And I was like, what? She's pregnant. She's here for a pregnancy checkup. How could that possibly be a workplace injury? She slipped and fell on some wet tile and got pregnant. <laughs> some guy jacked off on the floor and she slipped and fell on it. And is there a lot of tile where she works? I don't know. Okay. She works at a tile factory. <laughs> okay. So... It's like, really, lady, like, you can't, you know, I'm. you're going down your script of like, oh, please state your name for me, and blah, 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 and it's going to be $10, and blah, 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 and whatever, and was this a workplace? You can't just skip that question. Is this a workplace injury? I mean, let's say you work somewhere, and you were raped at work. Would you refer that as a workplace injury? Would you be well, entitled you might, to you a workers' to. compensation for your rape? You might be able to. Well... I don't see how, since rape is a victimless crime. Wow. So, that was my first day. That's horrible. That's really horrible. Horrible. Um, Let the record reflect that did not come out of my mouth. That's what she said. That's that's what I hate, is the people that that are so, like, focused. It happened to me, I know I've brought this up, like, three podcasts now, but with my target struggles and, like, calling them and being like, "Uh, I need to talk to a specialist, because that's what they told me when I called them before, and they're like, oh, well... Can I have your order number? Perhaps I can help. And I was like, no, they, you know, I've tried this. I need to go here. Oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for calling. And so, like, people are just on a script. Mm-hmm. Or the XM radio people, when they were calling every day before my free trial expired, and it's like, well, I'd like to tell you about our features, blah, blah. Do you have any questions? And they called every day with, like, the same script. And each time you told them no, and they still kept calling? Yep. yep. That's fun to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be, like, once a week, and then it'll be, like, once a day, and then, you know, it'll run out. Someone called it out on our house phone, and it just kept ringing and ringing, and I didn't answer it because I was like, oh, they'll hang up. And it rang, like, 30 times. You don't have an answering machine? Not for our house phone, because our house phone we only use for the alarm. We yeah. have to have a house phone for the alarm system, because right. when it trips, they call the house phone. Right. Um, like, I can't even tell you the number to our house phone. I didn't even know you had one. Yeah. And, like, if I look and it shows up, it'll say, 
whatever Bayview Alarm or whatever alarm company. So Bay Alarm. So Bay Alarm. <laughs> exactly. So if it doesn't say that, I'm not picking up. Right. Because nobody else knows that number that I want to call me. Yeah. Who so. would let it ring that long, though? I know. It must be one of those computer dial things. Yeah, but you got to But who would day? get the number? You're not giving it out, right? I mean, that's one of the reasons I like having the house phone, in addition to the lack of AT&T signal in our neighborhood, mm. is having a number to fill out on forms. Mm, to, like, send the crap to? Right. Because I don't want my cell phone buzzing all the time with, right. you know, oh, this is the Leukemia Society, blah, blah, blah. You know. Yeah. Anyways. All right. I'm going to go to the next paper. Paper number three? Paper number three. You want to trace? Oh, Yeah. This one, this is a weird one. I was reading this article in Vanity Fair, and it was about, um, they interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then they interviewed, like, the city manager in Vallejo and the fire chief of San Jose, but it's talking about California and the financial situation, and, and... Let me ask you this. Yeah. Who's the target audience of Vanity Fair? Vain people. Okay. People that enjoy county fairs. I don't know. I don't know if those, if in the Venn diagram there's a large center <laughs> section true. where those interge- intersect. I don't know, but I really enjoy it. I really? think maybe we got it on like a free trial. You know, it came with something else. You got six months subscription or something. And I've re-upped it a couple of times. You know what I, the only thing I think of when I think of Vanity Fair? What? That like. The Smurf? 20 years ago, 25 years ago. When Demi Moore was on it, and she was pregnant. It was like that side view of her with oh, the belly, yeah, and she was yeah, pregnant. Yeah. Was that's, that, all, that's all I know of Vanity I didn't even remember that was Vanity Fair. Yeah. What, when I think of that, I think of the Naked Gun poster where it was yeah, Leslie Nielsen yeah. doing that, unless his head on her body. Yeah. Anyways, there's this interesting article about all the financial troubles in California and stuff. And I, It's the first time hearing of this. Yeah, things are not good. <laughs> um, but one of the points it made was this like skyrocketing of... Of everything, salaries and like home values and things in the early 2000s that kind of led to then, you know, the bottom falling out. The sky fall, if you will. The sky fall, I will. But <laughs> is it, that what James Bond is about? Is he going to save uh-huh. our uh, economic crisis? James Bond is sitting at home yes. like, I can't pay my mortgage anymore. <laughs> Blast. Um, and it likened it to the rise of gluttony in America, too. Mm. If you look around, I mean, Americans are getting kind of bigger. And that. It's tied to this instant gratification thing of people, they just want, like, everything and right away. And it talked about one of the reasons, one of the Vallejo, or one of the cities was bankrupt or or something, but one of the reasons is their police or the firefighters or both, whatever, negotiated a contract where they got, over the course of three years, a total in, like, 18% in raises. That was a lot of money to get, like, a 6% every year raise. I mean... You know, you're going from what you know, whatever, forty thousand to, to forty eight to fifty six to you know, whatever. Those are like big gaps, mm-hmm. and then you don't go down from that, right? I mean, the, if the market turns, it's not like all the salaries go back down. They, Unless you're a teacher, <clears throat> right? They have to keep going up, and just these people, you know, or the home values. Oh, I'm going to buy this house for two hundred thousand and put new light bulbs in and sell it for 300,000, you know, and people just like, people need light bulbs. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but people just want like everything and they want it like right away versus if you look at people who grew up in the depression or, or like the, the post-war era, you didn't expect to be, you know, a millionaire by the time you're 30. And now I think people are like, that's their plan. Well, I think technology plays a large part in that, you know, that's like true. if you want to learn, know something or get research, like, 
you know, we would have to go to the Sac State Library. We'd have to have our parents drop us off. We'd walk up to the library. We'd have to go on the little, wait for the computer. We'd get, get off the to the union and go yeah. play pool for exactly. a while. <laughs> get the computer, look up the things, go try and find it. You know, like, that right. kind of stuff took a long time. And That's now, it's like, psh, I have it a second. And, and even so, in the last, you know, five years. It used to be, oh, I yeah. run upstairs and Google on the computer. Right. Now I just pull out my phone. Exactly. And so I think it's just leading our society to be something where if it doesn't happen immediately, we don't have as much patience anymore. Yeah. I know I'm a more impatient person. Yeah. I am too. It was just an interesting point I thought likening the, like, people's salaries skyrocketing quickly to gluttony and instant gratification and I want, you know, I want to make all this. Yeah. Right away and stuff. I also thought of a, a way to, to um, help California's budget. Mm. But I don't know if this would affect you. Because I was talking about, like, government employee salaries. Mm. Are you technically a government employee? I'm paid by the state of California. Well, well yeah. I mean, the state gives money to the district, and the district pays me. Right. So, maybe you know how this works. How does it work right now with, like, the education part of the budget? Is it a set percentage every year? Or is it like a set amount, you know? Do you know how it works? I don't know. I don't know how it works. They take how much they gave us last year and they cut it by like 10%. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's pretty great. No wonder when we were in school it was... Exactly. You know, we had poetry up. teachers and yeah. dance teachers and music teachers. I think you should make all the state worker salaries a percentage of the budget. Like 0.00002%? Right. Yeah, Exactly. And maybe not budget. Maybe I mean um, revenue. So that, like, when taxes go down, maybe the salaries are down a little bit. And when they are up, they go up again and stuff. But, yeah, like, if well, you are Well, as a, someone who works for a private company, would you be okay if your salary was based on the profits of your company? Well, uh, in a way it is. Because we have, like, annual bonuses. Right, that, we have a base salary. Right. But what they're doing is they're getting away from... Big raises. Like, my first year of the company, I got a significant raise. I just want to say, right now is the most financially savvy I've ever sounded. (laughs) (laughs) But they're getting away from giving people raises because you're locked into that. And they're going more towards, um, you know, you've got your base salary and then this annual bonus. And when the company does well, you'll get a sizable bonus. And when it doesn't, you'll get maybe a smaller one or none or whatever. But, you know, but the the base pay they're locked into is going to be more level and not jumping up because, you know, it was in years past. Um, so, yeah, in a way I kind of am like that. Yeah, that's true. That would be really hard for the people and with all their unions. I mean, they talk about, you know, there's all the talk in, in, in education about teacher salaries being tied into test results and things like that. And to, to an extent I'm okay with that as long as they're, as long as it's like a bonus thing and there's still a, you know, it's like. Your kids right. suck this year, so you get paid a hundred dollars for the right. whole year. Like, okay, that's reasonable. <laughs> no, no. Like, come on. You know what else? I just thought of this too. Why I'm okay with it for the state workers because I think a lot of people, and I've worked in a lot of state offices, both as a state worker and as a contractor. Um, there's a lot of people that are just there for the benefits, and they're there to ride it out, and they're there to get their retirement, and then you know they're good. They're there because it's stable, and there's no there's no real mechanism to fire people from the state unless you've embezzled somehow or, you know, unless you've committed a crime, you may get shuffled around. So or like inefficiency but... is not. Right. You don't enough. have to be good at your job. Like once you have it, you have it. 
And then, and, and yeah, there's great benefits and you get to a point you retire and you have full health for the rest of your life and people are living longer. So I think because it's so stable in terms of having employment, I think that maybe there's an argument that, well, if you made, you know, $48,000 this year and 42,000 next year, like that's okay. Are there that's laws the in place that are doing that or they're like, doing what? That are keeping people at their jobs. Like if there's someone who's inefficient, I don't know if it's is laws there a reason or, they can't get fired. I don't know if it's laws or just, like, union contracts or what, but, like, once you have a state job, you are, that's it. You've got that job. Like I said, unless you, like, set the building on fire, and even then, you'll probably just get transferred. Wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, and there's a lot of people that do good work, but there's also, I mean, I'd say, like, you know, in every department, there's probably 5% of the employees that are just, you know, sitting there and doing the bare minimum to get by and... And, like, there's no, that I've seen, there's no, like, ridicule, there's no shaming. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's Bob, he sits over in the corner, he's, he's worked for the apartment for 28 years, you know, he doesn't do anything. Really? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and these people are just there, and then they retire, and the state pays for their pension and benefits and stuff endlessly. I think the trade-off for that job security, I mean, if I do a shitty job at my job, I'll get fired. And I'm not, you know, I don't have to set the building on fire. If I just show up late and don't do anything, you know, I'll get fired. Um, I think that should be the trade-off then. The fact that you have this lifetime security of a state job, you may get variable pay. Okay. I'll appreciate I your vote. I, I, don't think, I don't think it should be based on necessarily the state's um, efficiency. Like, you know, like... I mean, if the state, you know, because you could be a really hardworking person, you could be doing really great, and you could be saving money for your department, but why should you be taking a pay cut along with Bob the Loser just because yeah. the state itself is doing poorly? Like, but I feel like if they had a way to, to make it personal performance-based, they, they like, would. Well, I mean, uh, like, we have observations and stuff like that where we have, you know, they have someone who is above them, right? Yeah. So. Supervisor Bob. Yeah. He just sits there doing nothing, too. Seriously. I like Sudoku, probably. Ooh, who doesn't? Yeah. I thought it was a good idea, though. Yeah. But yeah, and someone would have to figure out this point zero zero three. You know, if you're a clerk level three, then you get point zero 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 four of whatever the state made. Hmm. It could go up. Could yeah, go I wonder how much that would change, like, you know, the mathematics of it. Like, if there was, you know, $5 billion more, like, how much more would you make? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, you read this next thing. I'm going to do 5 billion times point zero zero zero. Okay. Uh, this is going to be another rant of people I hate. Um, so we had to take the new car in for some service. We got a letter that, like, the letter was like, bring it in. You know, we want to upgrade the computer software in your car, and we'll give you a $50 Visa gift card for two, doing it. $2 million. <laughs> okay, so that would be good. <laughs> Well, I, there's always that chance, yeah. You could be some low-level clerk and get a $500,000 paycheck. That'd be sweet. Um, so we got this letter about the car. So I was like, okay, so we'll make an appointment. And there's no, there's no... Well, there's like two... Well, I guess there's three now. Hyundai dealers, right? There's one on Florin Road, and there's Pass. one in Roseville, and there's one... Folsom. In Folsom. I was with you. I was like, no, I'm not going to Florin Road. Like, we'll, we'll take it to Roseville. But Yeah, we'll get it fixed, but then we'll leave with bullet holes. <laughs> right. Well, the thing was, uh, 
so I wanted to have an oil change and it had this other service and it was like a bunch of stuff. So I wasn't going to like wait. I was just going to drop it off and go to work. Um, Get a wrestle car? Mm-hmm. Or have Rachel drop it? No, yeah, Rachel's followed it. So I caved and I picked Florin Road because it's closer to downtown Sacramento and like yeah, going out true. there after work versus going to Roseville after work. is like, no, no, no. Okay. So I caved. And I was like, it's dealer, you know, warranty service, whatever. It's not like they're going to do a bad job because it's free, you know. Um, so I went to Florin Road. It was horrible. It's across the street from a high school. That Burbank, is, right? Yeah, that is so ghetto. Yeah. And here, so going there, I just went down the freeway. But but after work, I just took surface streets because... Ooh. Yeah. Like that, like Franklin? <laughs> yes. Something? Yes. Oh, no. That Jacob, was the street. No. I drove... Yeah. I drove all the way down Franklin uh, to Florin. It was disgusting. Yeah. It's just like so ghetto. Yeah. And here's my thing. The only reason to be on that street is if you're going to, what's that Mexican place? Uh, oh, El Noviero? Yeah. Yeah, that place is good. Where it looks like you're on a patio even though you're inside. Yeah. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah. I like that place. Too scary though. I'd be scared to go there. Yeah, it's close enough to the... To like Curtis Park and uh, it right, could, it could be closer. Okay, it could be closer. So I was I was ranting against all the poor people, and Rachel's mm. like, "Oh, calm down, you know, calm down, Hitler." I'm like, "No, you know." Get a pregnant woman with you. That should be keep be able to keep you safe, right? Ugh, no. Well, no. that's what I was worried about too. Um, here's my thing. I'm I'm issuing an ultimatum to the ghetto people. Good luck with that. You need <laughs> to do one of two things: better yourself or kill yourself. Oh. Mm-hmm. This, this just like this maintaining of the ghetto, we can't have that. So <laughs> we need Hitler to come in with the ghetto. In the, yeah, I heard he did work in the good work in the ghetto. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's get that guy back. <laughs> we'll hire him as a consultant. I'm just saying, like, it's the ghetto just seems like it's stewing. Now I'm sure there's the people there that are going to night classes and studying, and they're going to be the next whatever. And but they'll accidentally get shot, and right? Then, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm sure there are people that are trying to better themselves, um, and I think we should help them. We as a society, I'm not going to go hold someone's hand, but Obviously. yeah, I think we should help them, and I'm all for that. I'm all for people born in the projects, and you know study hard and, and get a scholarship and, and get a good or job. We get, and, or like getting trading places. T- right. <laughs> right. <laughs> However you better yourself. Just better yourself. Okay. If you're content with the, you know, the lowered GM car with the big base and, and you know, just scaring people, no, just kill yourself. Well, how, how do you think you would have fared if you began in that environment? I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, I hope I would still... I mean, like, you and I were in the advanced classes, and it wasn't necessarily... I don't know. This isn't, like, a big nature-nurture thing. Um, I assume that, you know, we were going to be smart because we were. But think, were, about, the, think about the quality I mean, of education we got. If we were just at, like, crap-ass ghetto elementary school... Where maybe the, you know, the there we we don't we didn't we have poetry and we dance. certainly didn't have all of those opportunities that we had. Right. You know, like, yeah, that's a good point. How would we? I mean, we throughout our our education, we got really good teaching. Yeah, know? we and, did, and it was free. Yeah. By the way, 
Yeah. Rachel and I had this discussion because she went to like parochial school, right? And I didn't. And oh, like in terms of educating your own children? Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked a ton about. Well, it, obviously, but, it's going to Maryloma. So yeah, I mean, I call um, it it. By the way, <laughs> it is. I call it. it I, too. I heard a rumor that that's what you're going to name it until so. it's born. It's it's this is it Olson. I feel like I, well, I feel like I'm smarter than Rachel. And not, <laughs> not like a, not like a, cause I'm a man and she's a woman or anything, but I just feel like educationally, like in terms of writing, you know, I'm not saying like I do better on Jeopardy. The fact that you said that you're smarter than your wife on the podcast maybe proves that you're not smarter. <laughs> maybe um, more in- intelligent? Well, anyway, like, my point is she went to private school. I went to public school and I, I think, you know, I turned out. You think we got a better education? I, I do. I'm trying to be as... Yeah, you know. I do. And it, and it was free. I mean, and that's my thing. Like, if we have a kid and we're reading to it at home and whatever, and, like, if it's going to be smart, it's going to be smart. And it doesn't matter if it goes to a public or private school, I would think. Now, obviously, if it went to a failing public school, you know, it's not going to get the attention and the special programs and things that we had. But well, it's not going to no Thomas Middle School, right? Like I should hope not. <laughs> just make sure that's the. I'm hoping Rachel's going to get a job somewhere in the San Juan district, and you know, okay. she can take the kid with her to, to school. Okay. Anyways, I drove through the ghetto and it was horrible. And I wanted to take a shower and, and cry. Here's the other thing: once I got there, the car wasn't ready. I got there at like 5 p.m. and the car wasn't ready, and I hadn't heard from anyone. And they're like, you know, we'll call you. They have bulletproof ready. windows there. <laughs> I hadn't heard from anyone. And I tried calling, and the numbers rang and rang and rang. So, Did you accidentally call my house? <laughs> maybe. So I got there, and they're like, oh, it'll be another 15 minutes. And I was like, all right, that's fine. And she's like, well, did the did your service advisor call you? And I said, well, no. And I just thought I'd be ready because you've had my car for 12 hours. Right. And um, I was like, and I called here, and the, and the phone just rang like no one answered. And she's like, well, I sit here by the phone all day, and that's my job to answer it. And I was so like, you're not doing a good job? are you calling me a liar or like, well, what, what number did you dial? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I dialed. I just rang. Oh, well I sit here all day and I answer the phone. And I was like, all right, lady, my mistake, I guess, you know, fuck off. <laughs> she likes, she started it. She sassed me with like, well, did the advisor call you? And I was like, no. And I tried calling you and no one answered. Oh, well, that could not have happened. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. Enjoy your eight fifty an hour working at Hyundai of Florin Road. <laughs> Also, they have these little huts, like, where you pull the car in to drop it off, and there's these little, like... Canopy? No, they're, like, like toll booths. You know, these little individual huts, and they've got the computer, and that's where the guy, like, types up the service and gives you your <laughs> your estimate thing, whatever. But it's not, like, a building. You know, there's these little... Toll booths was a good one. There's, really? like, four in a line. And they have computers and printers and things, and... I was, so I was looking at them, there's, and they're like all windows, you know, from waist level up. And there's just like a lock on the door, this little sliding door that comes over. It's like, how are these not stolen on a nightly basis in this mm-hmm. ghetto? I don't know. Unless they're paying off the ghetto people. Could be. Maybe Here, they're employing the ghetto people. Maybe. Here's my last one. Okay. This is not going to be hatred. Well, it is going to be hatred. Against... <laughs> Who are we kidding? Swedes. What? I'm part Swede. Well... I'll tell you why. How dare you? It's your goddamn furniture. Uh, you love our furniture. I do, but here's the thing. And I'll thank you to say nothing against it. Here's the thing. Ikea. Yeah. Ikea oh, has I know. cheap furniture. And meatballs. Oh, God, those meatballs are good. Yeah. 
With the, I have, with the lingonberry? I have some uh, in my freezer right now. Really? Oh, yeah. I've never bought them at home. To me... You've never bought them at home? Well, I didn't buy them at home either. I I've never bought idea. them and brought them home. <laughs> to me, they've been like hot dogs. Mm. I love them there, but I don't know. But that's amazing. Well, maybe we'll have you over for meatballs. I hope that you would. Oh, maybe my sister can make the meatballs for us. Um, Ikea has cheap furniture, right? Why is the furniture cheap? Because you have to put it together yourself. Because you have to put it together yourself. However, you are not mechanically inclined. Bitch, please. (laughs) An Allen wrench and a Phillips screwdriver, I'll build you whatever you want. As long as there's pre-drilled holes. And instructions. Yeah. Here's my thing. The price and the amount of work are inversely proportional. Really? Yes. Here's well, an example. obviously, okay, go ahead. I, you can get a coffee table mm-hmm. for like 10 bucks, and it's a slab of wood, and you screw four legs in, and you're right. done, right? 30 seconds assembly, right. done. We bought this dresser for the baby's room. It took me several days to assemble. Not okay, full but you, days. But you have but, to imagine the things that cost more are going to be more complex, like... Putting together a lack coffee table. I was speaking of the lack. I know you were. <laughs> with just the four simple legs and the square or whatever. Right. Like, duh, it doesn't take very much time. If you're going to buy a whole big couch or, you know, entertainment center, it's going to cost more. But obviously it's going to take longer. It's but I complex. Thought, I thought the price drop was based on the you have to do the work yourself. Now, if I'm doing a minute of work versus, you know... Four hours of work or whatever to build this dresser. Shouldn't the dresser have been ten dollars and the simple coffee table four hundred or whatever it was? It's inversely proportional. Well, okay. I think. Well, okay. So, like, you buy a big painting there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost. There's no assembly required. Is it five dollars? You know, for this huge painting. No, it should be expensive. Things get cheaper the more work you have to do. Right, and you don't have to do any work for painting. Right. So shouldn't it be cheaper? cheaper. You're saying no, the less no. work, right? the cheaper it is. No, I'm saying the more work, the, the cheaper, cheaper it should be. be. Okay. Right. Because if the whole thing is like, if you buy a, an entertainment center at, what's a high-end furniture store? I don't know. Ikea? Ethan Allen? <laughs> okay. If you buy an entertainment center at Ethan I Allen, it's two grand, let's say, okay. versus... The one that's $110 at Ikea, but you have to build the Ikea one yourself. Right. Well, you can probably pay them to assemble it and bring it to your house, but it'll cost you more. Who, Ikea? Yeah. Well, but then then I'm not saving anything. Exactly. I'm just saying, if their whole price model is based on it's cheaper because you have to build it, then it should get cheaper the more you have to actually build. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe it is cheaper compared to... What a pre-assembled one would cost. So, like, uh, a small coffee table that you don't have to assemble is $15. The one you do have to assemble is $10. Yeah. You go to a furniture store and you pay two grand for a an entertainment center that's all assembled. At Ikea, you only spend $700 for one you have to assemble. The savings is a much bigger, mm, $1,300. That's true. The savings is bigger... The actual cost of the item is not big. So you, I can't compare Ikea things. I have to compare yes. the Ikea thing to another place. Correct. That's a good point. I could never really hate Ikea, though. I know. And especially now with having um, assembled quite a few baby furniture items from other places, some mm. non-Ikea things, 
They suck. Oh, really? Whoever is, like, pre-drilling their holes is drunk or has a lazy eye or something. Like, they never quite line up. Mm-hmm. And the instructions... The instructions have words in English, which is something the Ikea ones don't. They just have, like, pictures. Yeah, and, yeah. just that weird, like, form guy. Yeah. Like but... Yeah, I do. <laughs> the guy scratching his head with the phone to yeah. Ikea. I love it. But the the ones from, like, Eddie Bauer Baby or Graco Cribs or whatever... Like, the instructions have English words, they don't make sense, and, you know, like, the holes never quite line up, and it's just horrible. It makes me long for the days of Ikea. Yeah, I had a hatred for Ikea early on. What? Well, I, in, in college... You could be related to Ikea. That's true. In college, I went there with uh, John Case and Klopp and Rodney and Brian West, oh. when Brian first moved in, and we were at Ikea... For like six hours trying to get through this place and pick stuff for the house, it was a freaking nightmare. I, I was like, I, I, I mean, we've been in there for hours, and I'm like, when does this place ever end? It was like <laughs> driving me nuts. And it, I, I guess it was less about IKEA than the company at the time <laughs> and how say, much they were driving me insane. But I think that was maybe my first IKEA experience. Mm, okay. And so my first thing was like, this is a place of evil, right? You know, and then. I thought it was kind of cool. It was special to go to the one in Emeryville. And now we have one in West Sac. It's great. It's like... Oh, I know. I love it's it. It's like, hey, we have extra time on a Saturday. Let's just pop on over to Ikea and, you know, like, go in there. What's and, better is like, oh, it's a Tuesday night and oh, I need yeah. a table. Let's just go to Ikea. Or like, let's just, yeah, let's go there and get some candles. Whatever. It's something yeah. What? I like candles. Do you like candles? I'm going to admit this on the podcast. You know... I like candles. There's often candles burning at your house. There, and it's more me than Amanda. And actually, recently we've... I just assumed you were shitting up the place. <laughs> That's part of it. Um, or she is. Uh, and recently it's... And it's more Amanda than me. <laughs> we, she, she went to like the, uh, the antique mall thing under the freeway, you know, and got some cool... They have this thing like last Sunday of every month oh. under the WX freeway. There's all these people who bring their wares. Hmm. And it's... Their goods and their wares? Exactly. Um... That's where she got our, like, Buddha in our Chinese garden or mm-hmm. Asian garden, whatever. Um, so, yeah, she got these little things. That have, she's got a number of things to decorate that have candles and stuff. And I like it. I like the feeling of the warmth that they give. I like the, the look that they give. It's The smell is not well, the biggest say, thing for me. Well, I was going to say, do you get scented candles or just regular? Sometimes. But that's not the biggest draw yeah, for me. It's like more just either. the feel and the ambiance they give. I really I feel like when like. Rachel will get one that's scented... It smells like whatever strawberries when you smell the unlit candle, mm-hmm. but when it's lit, it's not it's like, oh, like, it smells like strawberries. Right. It smells like, you know, smoke and burning right. wax or whatever. Which I like. Yeah. Um, we actually just, at the last time we went to Ikea, we got um, one of the big lanterns there, like where you, you have to assemble it and it's like four glass pieces and it's metal. Oh. And so we, I hung it outside above our little Asian garden that, that, big plant we have there it's called a chinese lantern so i hung it above there and it's it's now hanging and it's got three different sized like big candles in it hmm. looks pretty cool i like it nice it makes me happy to to see it i'm gonna call it lit lantern it. corner yeah pretty much yeah um and i was very happy because a few days like i guess it was last week maybe there was one of the days it was really windy I was a little worried I was going to come home and it was going to be like on the ground with all the glass shattered yeah. and stuff. But it was, yeah, like when I was home and it was really windy, it barely shook at all because it's very heavy and big and sturdy. So Sweet. I was very happy about that. So you like the candles for the warmth and like the look. Yes. But you also, you use your fireplace, right? No. Okay. Our fireplace is not working. 
Oh. Yeah. Did you at your last house? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But not this one. We love fireplace. I was going to say. The wood-burning fireplace. But even at your last house, you still lit candles all the time, too. Yes. It's not like the candles are in lieu of the fireplace. No. There was actually a time um, at the last house we lived at in Elk Grove when we were living with Josh and Jen. Everyone was gone, and I was home by myself one night, and there was like a bunch of dishes that had to be cleaned. I turned off all the lights in the house and lit like 50 candles and like put my music, my iPod, and my headphones in or whatever. And I was just like doing this mad like cleaning, washing dishes type stuff with just illuminated by candles. It was kind of cool. I had a romantic time with myself. And then serviced myself on the couch. So, <laughs> Which leads me to a story. I was like, sometimes I wish I would have married you. <laughs> yeah. I'm special. Come home um, and find you cleaning. So, um, is this a servicing or something? This is a servicing. Well, okay. let me get to it. It's not, it's not a, it's not a masturbation okay. reference. So in, um, in reading right now in my, in my classroom, our unit is taking a stand. And so we read about all these people in history that have taken a stand. Um, some people that took a stand for women's rights. We read about, we read the, I have a dream speech. We read about Gandhi, which is awesome because I get to tell him about Nini. Um, and such a name drop. I know, totally. Um, and then we just read about Nellie Bly, who is this woman who, um, was young and living in the late 1800s and she became a, a writer for a Pittsburgh newspaper and she would like go into factories and prisons and slums and like write kind of exposés about them. She was like Geraldo of the late 19th century. Totally. Um, so anyway, um, we were, every story we, that we read, we tie to a character trait because at our school we're big on talking about different character traits. So the kids talk all about responsibility and respect and justice and fairness and caring and all this stuff. So we had, I hadn't done it the previous week. So we were trying to figure out, I was having them, it's, they're really good at discussing this. Like, so I say, okay, you know, last week's our story was Gandhi. This week our story is about Nellie Bly. What character traits, like, because I have one for each story, it's like, which character trait is best exhibited in Gandhi, and which character trait is best exhibited in the Nellie Bly story? And so the kids raise their hand and say, oh, I think, you know, Gandhi is justice and fairness, because he was fighting for the rights of these people, and, like, they're really good for it. And so, um, a few of the kids were talking about, uh, how Nellie Bly, hers was service, and that she showed service by servicing all those people in the factories. <laughs> oh, no. And when she went to the prison, she would service everybody there. And I was, like, trying so hard not to laugh. It was really hard. Like, I would be listening, and I, like, had this little grin on my face that I was really trying hard to fight. Um, because, obviously, they weren't conjugating that verb correctly. And so, right. I, I, you know, did a little discussion she about it. She serviced all the men yeah. in the factories. And how Gandhi would service all the people in India. And oh. I was just like, oh, boy. There's a lot of people. Yeah, so... That's one of the fun things about being a teacher is do you uh, ever, unintentional sexual uh, innuendos. Do you ever look around the classroom and there's some, like you lock eyes with some kid that's kind of in on it yes. too? Oh, no, that would be so much harder definitely. too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I intentionally did not look around for that purpose because I was like, I was really close. Yeah. <laughs> because they just say it with such this innocence and honesty on it, you know. Yeah. It's hard to... It, deal with that. Sometimes. She could have been, though. Yeah. Servicing them. She's a, you know. Because, you know, it's the 19th century. She's going to these male... Well, that was one of the things. It was things, like she you know? got blasted by religious groups. Yeah, for, she did. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I thought going this was into, the prison story. For going into a men's prison without a chaperone. Oh. 
And so I talked about how, you know, if you were on a date at that time, you would have to have a chaperone, you know, if you were unmarried or whatever. Which makes it harder to surface. Definitely. Yeah. Unless it was another slutty female that was a chaperone. I got my (laughs) service blocker chaperone with me. (laughs) So that's a little, uh, you know, lighthearted thing that's going on in Room 28. Yeah. Some discussion of servicing. That's awesome. <laughs> I just, I don't know how to respond to that. I thought I'd end it with that. That works for you. Thank you for your service. You're welcome. I enjoyed servicing you, and I look forward to doing it again. Okay. All right, that's a podcast. That's a podcast. Girls in the summer clothes, in the cool.